I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, Obviously, there have been a lot going on um, in the sports world, especially with the coronavirus um, basically canceling the majority of sporting events um, that have happened. Uh, We're recording this podcast on March 13th, and all sports leagues have pretty much suspended or postponed slash canceled uh, their sports leagues. And I'm actually bringing on Andrew Mondi to kind of come talk to us about what is going down in the sports world and how we can deal with all the things that are going on with the coronavirus. So, Andrew, thanks again for coming on and joining me on the pod. Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy to. I mean, we're both on law school spring break right now um and you know we're moving to like remote learning next week and stuff so basically like I've kind of just been sitting around with with not much to do not sure what I should you know go out into the world to do at this point I'm sure we'll we'll kind of talk about our feelings about that broadly later I wanted to actually start off with a bit of a bit of a funny observation we have to have some levity here you would often start our nba pods by talking about all the craziness that's going on in the nba or or the world at large and like you know you pointed out to me that it had been a like even just because this is what we normally talk about like from an nba perspective it had been such a wild season for things off the court from from you know daryl morey in china to, to kobe bryant's uh tragic death but like now we're at something like, you know, his, that feels as we're go, like, you know, we're, we don't know where we are in this kind of like process of how things will unfold, which is kind of the scariest thing about it. But like, this is like, you know, something historically significant. So, you know, hopefully people will be interested in hearing other people talk about it because I'm sure it's, it's on a lot of people's minds. And this has to be, and you kind of alluded to the two events, especially from the NBA prism. We'll be jumping around talking about different types of sports and all that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. You're on the podcast. But just from the NBA prism, this has to be one of the, probably the craziest season ever, um, just in terms of how it started um, before with the China stuff, like you mentioned. Um, in the middle of the season with Kobe Bryant's tragic death. And then now with the season being up in the air in terms of whether or not it's going to be finished, um, it seems like Adam Silver announced that they are going to be reevaluating whether or not to continue the season um, in 30 days or so. And I would actually say, Andrew, I don't know if you would agree with me, but it seems like there has been a hyper vigilance in terms of what this coronavirus means in specifically to the United States as soon as the NBA canceled um or suspended their season once Rudy Gobert was confirmed to have coronavirus on yeah, Wednesday and, night, I believe. Yeah, maybe I can go back and do a little bit of timeline of, of right. this and then we can move because that that felt like a significant event and I'm interested in talking about kind of like how you were feeling as all of that unfolded. 
but I wanted to, and not to big up myself at all. I promise this is not having an I told you so ring to it, but all I can speak uh, from is my personal perspective. I'll get to Rudy Gobert in the next minute or so, but I kind of wanted to even back up like two weeks ago as, or maybe a week and a half ago as the stuff was beginning to unfold in, in China and we were beginning to see kind of like that it would have ripple effects, you know, throughout the rest of the world. I mean, this, this is a global issue, obviously, but like, um, I was kind of starting to read about things online and kind of get in my head what I, I figured this thing was going to look like. And when you, me, you and our friend Chris Cardone have a, have a group chat uh, where we'll talk about all manner of things, but a lot of like college basketball and um, you, you would be mentioning these kind of like Joe Lenardi brackets coming out and you'd be like, oh, Seton Hall's going to be playing like in this area or whatever, like, or rooting for them to like be playing in the East close to us or something. And I kept, kept saying like 25% jokingly, but 75% seriously, like it doesn't matter. They're going to be playing at empty stadiums. So, so who cares? Um, and it's just wild to like to even now look at that where we are from from that two weeks ago when that seemed like a thing that would pass like that I felt pretty pretty good about happening. I was mostly just looking at Italy and what was happening with Syria and like kind of from the looks of things, it looks as if the U.S. is basically just like a week behind where where Italy is in in all manner of things. But like now to get to this point, like even I could have never imagine what 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 was going to happen with with sports generally so to to talk about how things unfolded in the in the nba specifically because like you you mentioned that seems to be kind of the the catalyst for whatever whatever phase of things we're in now um so that that so on wednesday probably tuesday wednesday we start to hear about the nba uh evaluating its options in terms of whether to play games with fans or not. Um, you maybe hear about this earlier in the week and you, it starts basically everything gets kicked into motion by San Francisco being the first city to kind of ban these large gatherings. I think their, their limit was like 500 or a thousand people and it was going to affect Warriors games. We were going to have a Warriors Nets game played in an empty arena on, on a Thursday night the NBA quickly kind of moved to evaluate whether to suspend the season, play games without fans, uh, settling on playing games without fans. So Wednesday night, we were going to have kind of these last games in front of fans. Um, during that time, Rudy Gobert uh, is sick and in what will kind of almost become a sort of, sort of tragic, tragic or tragically funny, you know, it's going to be iconic for sure. Right. We didn't know he had COVID-19 at this point, but there was this uh, there was this video and kind of this this social media presence of Rudy Gobert being very flippant about about illness in general and touching uh, what will be an iconic video of him touching microphones after a press conference. And we knew he was he was ill at this point. But, you know, it was just players get sick all the time. Uh, so we get to, to Wednesday night, and this, this Utah Thunder game's about to be played. Um, and uh, I, the team, a team doctor 
for I believe I you would assume it was the Jazz. I think runs runs onto the court in like this is all straight out of a movie. I'm sure everyone's familiar with it's it crazy. for the most part. Yeah. Runs onto the court, grabs uh, referees, and uh, the game is postponed for for a little while, and then eventually gets canceled because Rudy Gobert has tested positive for, for COVID-19. I mean, in the moment where me and you and, and Chris are texting back and forth about this, as kind of all of the pieces start slowly start to come together, uh, you know, there's this video of, of the PA announcer telling everyone to leave the arena and say, you know, like, you're safe, don't worry, you're safe. Like, once again, this is all just, there's such a weird, surreal and slightly comic just because of how outlandish the whole thing seems vibed all of this. And then shortly thereafter, we find out that the season is suspended. A couple games finish a Mavs Atlanta game that has Vince Carter draining a three and what could possibly be the end of his career. We have a, a near instantaneous press conference with Mark Cuban talking about the impact of, of, of what he thinks uh, a suspension of the season is going to be. And we have a, a Pelicans Kings game, uh, I believe also getting, getting canceled. And you know, it was at that, it was at that point, I'll, I'll kick it over to you in just, in just a second to, to kind of, and you can react to whatever you want. But uh, in the moment, like it, it was crazy and just, shocking but like also you kind you know what I mean but also you shocking in the sense that we had finally gotten to this point but not shocking just in the sense that we had at least already begun the progression like that night I kind of reacted to things I was talking with a lot of people and and uh you know that kind of I think carried me over uh like I had some almost adrenaline I, I went to sleep and then the next morning I got up and we both had this uh, this ethics this kind of standardized ethics ethics test we had to take the MPRE. I was taking it at two and um, I was like making breakfast for myself and I was listening to Dunk Don had did like a very quick like reaction podcast like fifteen minutes or so just kind of talking about the suspension and talking about events and you know they're two pretty smart guys. So just talking about things from a macro perspective, talking about social distancing and all that. And I started to get really sad, to be honest with you. It was kind of the first time, like I had been following all this stuff pretty closely. And uh, I'd certainly had like a generalized sense of anxiety about it. But for some reason, listening to that podcast and processing everything, not just because of the NBA in general, but just, I think this wave of realization, realization hit me that like, and I had known this, but you know, that our lives are to be significantly altered for, for at least a short course of time uh, related to this and hearing them kind of talk about things in, in retrospect kind of hit me in a way that, that, that surprised me. Uh, how did you kind of react to everything and process everything and maybe what have the last couple of days been like for you in general with this? Well, one thing I do have to give Andrew and you, a sh- basically you a shout out for, um, is you were on this very early on, probably my only friend that was like, not that you were the doomsday like analyst and kind of like reading that, reading into that and like, 
basically panicking about it. But I think you just kind of took it matter of factly, like this is where we're going to be in about a week and a half. And you're pretty spot on about it. Just like, I guess, projecting out. And I think even for me, like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I was fairly like, okay, like this is definitely a big deal, but I didn't think, I didn't think much of it, honestly. Um, I think, and I think that's what a lot of people's reaction was, um, especially because it wasn't, it hadn't nearly affected um, the United States um, to the effect that it had affected like somewhere like Italy or even like um, South Korea, China, um, where, where it started. And I think it was really hard for people to have it somewhat tangible to them. And then Mm -hmm. once, once it started flowing in uh, to the United States and seeing the impact that it's had um, with the amount of people that have been infected, then I think it started kind of, we started kind of hearing like feeling the realities of the situation. And then like, I think it all culminated on Wednesday, like you beautifully outlined um, in terms of all the stuff that happened with the NBA. Also, like in terms of cultural cultural news, like once Tom Hanks and his yeah, that's wife a good got thing to point out that that was kind of happening at the same time. Yeah. Right, those two events, like the NBA getting suspended, and then Tom Hanks announcing through, I believe, Instagram or Twitter that him and his wife had um, corona, coronavirus or COVID-19, um, there was this, I think, turn in sentiment about, like, how people should feel about this disease. And I think, and, and it became, like, pretty clear to me, especially after that point on Wednesday, like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. And then soon after, I believe, I believe, um, like, our school um, started making these announcements, like, we aren't coming back to school. We're going to be doing, like, um, remote learning for a bit um, for a couple weeks before we come back. But then that's, like, when, like, there was the tangible impact on my personal life that ended up happening that I was like, okay, this is actually for real. And I think it's, it's really hard to like, I think it was really hard for a lot of people to see that. And I was probably within that group, um, maybe a little bit earlier on than most people, just because I had you kind of texting me um, in our group chat about like, this is what, what's up. And I was a little bit more aware of what might be coming down the pipeline, but it was just, just like in terms of like reacting to like the suspension of the NBA, I was like, man, I I just got like super sad about like yeah. all the stuff that like just like obviously and and this is like the kind of kind of take a a step back from this obviously when we're talking about and having this conversation um we obviously know that there's real human impact yeah. um in terms of life being lost and and all the people that are sick with this disease um but just from like the basketball standpoint and from the standpoint of like 
not having sports in our lives. Yeah. That was something, especially with us being two really big sports fans, there was just like an air of sadness. And then as soon as like the NCAA announced that they canceled um, March Madness, then I think I was just like, wow, this is one of the biggest events in the sports calendar and they're not going to have this event. So that's, it was just a lot of that, but I think all of it culminated on Wednesday when people that we like knew through their celebrity kind of had um, announced that they had, they had this disease. And then thereafter, like Donovan Mitchell was confirmed to be testing positive for coronavirus. And you kind of saw um, some of the outpouring there and, yeah, the Rudy Gobert stuff is fascinating, um, especially with, like, it, it just kind of showed, like, within the two to three days of, like, Well, it's a perfect metaphor. It's a right. perfect metaphor, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah, just kind of, like, the lack of education slash, like, seriousness as to how he was taking it um, from, like, that little clip that's probably going to be replayed a bunch of times and has been replayed a bunch of times. And... It, it's just the perfect metaphor, like you were saying, of what people's transition of education, of learning about what this, um, what COVID-19 can do. And I think, obviously, Gobert understands the real impact of it because he has it now. Um, but it just kind of shows that the, I would say, comfortable attitude that a lot of people had before because there was the kind of like the jokes and the memes and you know when you scroll through twitter a lot of people would be joking about it and then now it's just now since there's a there's like a human impact there's a reality um that's being in place and and we're actually recording this right when um president trump announced that there's a national emergency um and we're not going to get really into politics or anything but I think that just kind of shows the level of seriousness um, in dealing with this type of disease. Yeah, no, definitely. And we don't certainly know whether, and you know, that's kind of, well, let me actually back up and I'll, I'll get to this at the end. Um, on, on Gobert in general, like, yes, you, you put it very eloquently like at this, you know, this kind of almost represents what, what the public at large has seemed to be going through throughout the last couple of days. Another thing, I mean, I'm sure everyone who's, who's listening to this is, is fairly educated about the, the danger of COVID-19 and the effects, but like, it is important, I think, to point out that like Rudy Gobert will, will be okay. Donovan Mitchell will be okay. You know what I mean? Them, mm-hmm. them contracting it is, is really important more significantly than it is probably to them personally. I mean, you can get into a whole other thing about in this country, how, how uh, disparate and hard to come by tests have been where, where the, whereas these athletes and high status people in their society, in our society have been able to come, come upon them so quickly. But I think you also did point out that at the very least, hopefully it has some, some symbolic, uh, kind of uh, effects and things of that nature, but obviously what we're what we're concerned with in 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 regard to the cancellation of all these events is kind of that social distancing lessening the impact so we can protect you know our most vulnerable 
our most vulnerable populations, the elderly and people with comorbidities and things of that nature. Although, you know, it's been shown that this could still, you know, lead to kind of critical conditions uh, among among young people as well. But kind of setting all that aside, I one thing I wanted to kind of mention also because you know, I had been on top of things, quote unquote, and I don't I don't think that makes me any, you know, better or, or smarter than anyone else. I was actually talking about this with a friend the other day. I just think as a fairly anxious person, like it's kind of almost like a brain thing where truly like anxiety is, you know, as I, I took this neuroscience class this year in law school, it's kind of the the fight or flight response in your brain being turned up. So I think because mine gets turned up earlier than most people's, like, you know, 90% of the time I'm wrong and I detect danger where there actually isn't, you know, but maybe Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of pick up on it. That's the one point where you're able to kind of have, have some foresight. But I think, I think it's no, no fault that just people, us as human beings, it's hard for us to not see the effects of something or the potential danger of something until, until it's right in front of our face. And that's, I, and simultaneously, the one thing I wanted to mention just, just in regard to that kind of, and talking about kind of my sadness after, after kind of the next day when, when the NBA season was, was postponed and see at that point, I was pretty sure that the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled, which, which right. it turned out to be. But, um, even when you're anticipating that that certain things will happen once it's once it's there in front of your face like i was talking to our friend uh or at least our mutual acquaintance mike about this we went to maryland together and had been talking about maryland basketball all season and i think once once the news came down we had seen it coming but we were bummed i think it also kind of represented this idea like it's a very much a loss of comfort because you were talking about us as big sports fans and like there are all these other things that are going to be affected from movies to you know concerts and social events like we don't know we don't know how far down the road we're going to be headed in terms of this kind of social distancing stuff is our ability to you know go out to dinner or go to the bar going to be affected in, in the near future i i personally think it will but but setting all that aside, you know, you hold on to this idea that like, well, you know, things things may be difficult, but at least we'll be able to kind of still have these comforts in our lives, even in an altered state. You know, if the mm-hmm. NBA is being played with NBA in empty arenas, that sucks. But at least at least I still have this thing to grab onto, especially if I'm going to kind of be in my house more, you know, not being able to go out as much. But once that kind of disappears and you realize like, no, this is kind of like an across, you know what I mean? It kind of makes right. it just more across the board and something that we kind of all have to deal with and that we all have to kind of like, I don't know how you want to phrase it, make sacrifices or just live in a kind of a different world for a while. Once that hits you, you know, that there's a weird kind of realization moment to that, that I, I certainly wasn't immune from either. Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting that you pointed that out because I think you're still seeing like um, maybe like the last vestiges of people not really grasping the full reality yeah. of what's going on. Um, I think there's a popular tweet that's going around right now 
um, with the po- uh, there's a post Malone concert. I think that it oh was yeah, that Denver. was like I that is um, definitely feels. Yeah. I I saw that too. Keep going, sorry, that, but I yeah, I wanted was, to point out right. that I saw it too. Yeah. So it was post uh, it was posted on Twitter and it's there's a post Malone concert in Denver on Thursday, uh, March twelfth yesterday, and it was a packed house. Like there was like, there wasn't an empty seat in the house. It looked like it was packed. Um, there was no social distancing happening there from <laughs> like at all. So I, I think you kind of see like people's varying levels of com- comfort with yeah. this idea of like ha- how to go about living their normal daily lives basically. And then, on the other spec, on the other end of the spectrum, other people I know have not like left their house or their, which is completely okay as well. Um, but I think it just kind of shows like maybe the lack of people's understanding or gra- of or way of grasping or dealing with the situation, um, which is really fascinating to me. Um, just like on a human level, in oh yeah, terms of like in terms of like why certain people think this way about this this type of um, you know pandemic, and then another set of people uh, take it to this other end of end, end of the spectrum. So I, I just kind of wanted to bring that point up. Um, one of the things that I did want to point out as maybe like a positive. Um, coming out of this situation and not that there are many positives, but um, especially just seeing someone like the, the basic like humanity that is being shown by um, some of the leaders like in the NBA, like Mark Cuban and uh, someone like Kevin Love who pledged to donate, I believe a hundred thousand dollars for, for event staff that, are going to be out of work and basically not paid, not paid because the NBA season's um, suspended and all the events within those arenas are suspended. Um, But just giving a shout out to those individuals. And um, I believe the Cleveland Cavaliers um, organization also kind of stepped up and said that they would kind of as normal, continue to pay those wages. Um, And I, I just think that's like a really good, like, not that those people had to do it, but it's just the level of humanity, especially within a situation like like this, isn't being lost. No, definitely. I, I agree. That was something that, that stuck out to me as well. Like, I hope – I think the Blazers have – like, I've you've started to kind of see this trickle down and, and more and more organizations talk about paying these part-time workers at the very least for the missed games. I mean – oftentimes these workers, you know, they work at like, you know, just for an example, near us, the Prudential Center, and they'll do devil's games and concerts. And so even if they are getting paid, it only makes up a portion of their income. But, but, but it's still, it still is really nice to see. I hope it, we see it more widespread and, and also like as beautiful as it is. I also to see players and those who have the means stepping up. The owners are the ones who I and you know it's great that Cubans like I hope to see more and more owners who who certainly have the means kind of kind of step in and and pick things up when they while they can and I think you just 
Uh, just, you know, a broader point. I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I hope we kind of see that trickle down in, of course, kind of what goes on here in, in both the short term and the long term is going to have economic effects for, you know, everyone in our society and kind of even this whole concept of social distancing, like at, for someone like you and I who uh, who aren't as much kind of susceptible to, to the the worst kind of, you know, the top 10% bad outcomes of something like COVID-19, like our participation and, and caring about these kinds of things is, is rooted in a sort of empathy for, for, for people who are more vulnerable. And I hope we, I think as time goes on, we'll start to see that pop up in areas beyond sports, which, which it's always nice to kind of have, have a reminder that we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so there's a couple more points that I want to make specific to the NBA before yeah. we can move on to a couple other topics um, and other sports that were kind Definitely, of um, yeah. affected by it. Uh, one thing was um, that really caught my eye before they actually suspended um, the season um, a couple days ago before anyone, um, before Rudy Gobert got, uh, was the first one um, to have been reported with coronavirus. Um, I thought what, was really fascinating was just the organizational, um, I guess, like discipline slash like outlook from like specific organizations. And I'm yeah. not sure if you know where I'm going with this, but um, I believe uh, Woj kind of was tweeting out about um, like the different uh, owners talking about what to do with this season, um, especially with. Um, the way it was kind of playing out, I believe, like on Tuesday, and there was a lot of talk. Um, and he kind of pointed out one team, uh, the New York Knicks, kind of being yeah. that one team that was just like, yeah, we're not going to change anything, basically, until like we get it from the government. And, yeah. and, and not making a proactive um, move and sort of kind of defaulting to a reactive um, mindset and it I think it that kind of, that tweet that Woj tweeted out just kind of perfectly encapsulated why so many people look at the Knicks and are like what is going on over there no it is classic and like as we kind of hit this point over and over and that how, how we can kind of find metaphor and in, in all of these things uh you know, there's always going to be someone, right? And yeah, the fact right. that it's the Knicks was was great. I believe just just to be at least fair, he also mm-hmm. later on tweeted that the Rockets and the Pacers were in were in favor of suspending the season as opposed to playing in empty arenas, which I I thought was fairly interesting as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, that that's no, I agree. It seems so far in the rear view, but that that's kind of a classic tweet in its own way as well. Yeah, and then I guess just like one more thing before we move on that oh, yeah. I found that I found really fascinating that is specific to the NBA, and maybe this is like a little bit of a deeper dive for more I guess hardcore NBA fans and what it does to the salary cap and maybe economics of the NBA and what it does to revenue, um, which I found fascinating. Um, it was I, I got it from a tweet from Real GM. Um, and it was talking about um, what happens in a scenario like this, especially with um, 
like basically this scenario of like an unforeseen situation that shuts down uh, the season because I don't think anything has been like anything, anything approaching this has ever happened um, to the end. No, I mean, you basically have to look back and it was in a completely different time. You basically have to look back at something like world war two, but that was completely different sports, although professional sports existed, it was much like, it was, you know what I mean? This was at a time where, you know what I mean? It was on a complete, but that, yeah, I think pointing that out serves to highlight the kind of unprecedented nature of this whole thing, but keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So basically the nature of um, the article slash the tweet was kind of talking about the economics of the NBA and what happened. So um, apparently, the NBA Players Association sent out a memo to its players um, today um, talking about this doomsday force force majeure event type yep. of provision um, about the CBA and what ends up happening in this type of situation um, and how this could um, potentially free owners from, I guess, like con- contractual obligations in terms of playing paying players, um, but also... Um, it kind of talks about um, like when the players would get paid next. Apparently they would get paid on Sunday um, to fulfill that. And then on a very specific note, according to um, apparently article 39, section five of the CBA players would lose one ninety third approximately of their salary for every game missed as a result of this force majeure event. So based on this math, the NBA could potentially lose over $500 million just in ticket revenue alone if yeah. the season doesn't continue. Yeah. So, I that, mean, and, no, yeah. it's a good – and I, I had seen that tweet as well about the force majeure clause. And mm-hmm. I think even if we come back and play – at least a few regular season games and, and play all, and we can maybe come back to this at the end, but just to, you're definitely going to see a reduction. And I was reading other stuff about like basketball related income, which is kind of like what the split between the owners and the players are like, right. we're definitely going to see salary cap implications for next season and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's good to point out. And I think, you know, maybe it's a subject to bookmark for, for future pods if we want to keep doing like there's going to be no sports to talk about, but if we want to keep doing stuff like this, like I, you would assume as time goes on more and more, you know, more and more information will come out about this and we'll start to see kind of how, how these issues take shape. But yes, if you're a hardcore fan of the, of the NBA, I, I think that's definitely to keep an eye on something and, and, and something that I think is especially of interest to us as, as law students, I mean, we were talking about this with the NCAA tournament as well and these different conference tournaments, insurance and, and whether, whether a pandemic's covered and like whether it becomes foreseeable at a, at a certain time. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of weird issues that pop up, pop up, pop up as time goes on. Obviously it's not really the, at the forefront of our minds right now, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and it honestly, to kind of put some levity into the situation, reminds me of like a law school exam question yeah, that that, very much that like a, that a law school professor just kind of made up, and like you would just never think it would happen, and yeah, yeah it's happening. 
So um, you brought up the NCAA, and obviously there um, that that was like the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Something that um, is tangentially related to the NBA, obviously with the tournament being canceled and uh, the um, the seniors or the players that are eligible that want to, um, I guess, declare for the draft. This is the pipeline that the NBA scouts are looking towards um, to fulfill roster spots for next year. Um, and apparently um, we've got news um, today. Um, I saw in a tweet that the NCAA put out like a presser of only spring sport athletes yeah. are going to be allowed to have an extra year of eligibility. Um, and they are still talking about whether or not the winter sport athletes will gain an extra year because pretty much with winter sports, they have all played their regular season. It's just a lot of the postseason play hasn't been accounted for. Um, so I think there's, a lot to be discussed in, in terms of whether or not um, that ends up happening for um, some of the prominent uh, basketball, college basketball stars um, that didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament because of this. Um, but that's like one of the big issues that is being outlined um, and talked about throughout the Twitterverse, um, I would say. So what is your, what are your thoughts on that? And like, in terms of eligibility, um, extra year, uh, and I, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot more scenarios as to um, when the NCAA is more willing to give those yeah, um, I mean, extra years of eligibility. It is important. Oh, yeah. keep going. I'm sorry. No, I'll, no. I'll pick uh, up yeah, yeah. No, no. You can, I, it is important continue. to point out that, we believe we're kind of it's definitely going to relate it's definitely going to in most cases be extra eligibility but it is important to note that like the NCAA phrased it as kind of like more in terms of like relief you know what I mean so it is possible that there's not just going to be a blanket grant of eligibility for all spring sport athletes you know what I mean? No matter what, I'm sure, I'm sure as time goes on, we'll, we'll start to see how those things take shape. Another thing, just for a moment of, of in what world did we ever think the NCAA tournament being canceled would be like something we talked about, like 45 minutes into a podcast. Like that, yeah. that really just goes to show like how wild things are right now. But, um, we were talking about this a little bit in our group text today. I, I don't see it happening with, with winter sports to and basketball specifically, um, just by virtue of kind of what, what you pointed out, that they had played, you know, 90% of their season. Of course, the argument is that, <laughs> that the most important part and the, the best part hadn't been, hadn't been played. But I, I think, uh, I just think there's a material difference between the kind of like, pro, not a preliminary, but uh, the kind of forward-looking cancellation of a season versus kind of this more unfortunate, just horrible, you know, the world's worst timing that, that happened with, with winter sports. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see it we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll be wrong or maybe there will kind of be hardship waivers depending on, like it would be interesting of course to see like 
And maybe if you shift to kind of younger athletes, like if you look at someone like Jalen Smith, like is he more likely to leave to now come back for a junior season despite it basically being considered a foregone conclusion that he'd leave for the NBA? Your season ends in such an unsatisfying way. Although it is nice, um, you know, the Maryland, for example, winning the Big Ten regular season, the regular, a share of the regular season title kind of took on this weird resonance now because it was their end of their season and they ended with it like cutting down the nets in their own gym. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of – I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty away, but we don't really know, of course, yet what 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 shape that's going to take and do do you agree with me that or do you feel like basketball we might actually see something happen where there's some sort of extension of eligibility for basketball i could kind of see it honestly i think like if the ncaa wants to do this um you know wants to massage it um, image a little bit and improve it, especially with like how bad the the image of the NCAA and the reputation has been over the past couple of years. I think I could see them kind of cave into public pressure of them of people being like give the give the kids the option as to whether or not they want to take that extra year. Um, but obviously, it's gonna, there's just so many complications. Well, because, yeah, yeah. You pointed out a thing you pointed out today over text. Uh, I, I had started to mention, and then you kind of, I thought, drove home. Was this in basketball that becomes such a, it becomes such an issue? And does the NCAA just end up making colleges become the bad guy in that situation? Because if you allow all seniors, there are only 15 guys on a basketball team, maybe only 12 scholarships available. If you're right. allowing, and you'd think the majority of non, uh, the majority of non, like outside of maybe 20 guys who were going to go to the draft, there aren't as many, you know, seniors, college seniors who are who are going to be high picks in the NBA draft because usually they leave earlier. But um, if you allow every senior to just come back, aren't you then shortchanging the the incoming freshmen? Or are you forcing, you know, tenth guys who who would normally kind of be, you know, like a junior on Maryland or whatever? I'm thinking of a guy. You know what I mean? The tenth man. Are you then forcing the the school to take his scholarship away? It, it who knows? Kind of like the implications of that downstream are kind of fascinating to to think about for sure right it would just be an extreme headache for all parties involved in terms of what to do in that situation obviously and maybe you're right the ncaa puts it at the feet of the colleges to be the bad guy and just be like all right this isn't our problem to deal with we're gonna take like all the credit for um making this kind of glorious move on our part and then basically allowing the the colleges to make um, the bad, the tough decisions as to whether or not this athlete deserves that scholarship and things like that. So I think it'll be really tough to determine what ends up happening. But at the end of the day, um, it's just kind of crazy to think that the the whole tournament's canceled. Um, I was thinking about like someone like Joe Lenardi or like the bracketology guys that are like 
Jerry Palms. That's just like their job and like all the work that they did over the past couple months of the season in terms of projecting the bracket um, and all that is all for naught because of this crazy situation. And like, honestly, um, like we were going to do a four man podcast um, about the tournament and that's not happening either. So it just kind of like, Oh yeah. Now it kind of goes back to what we're, yeah. It's because so much, shit was going down and one and we were kind of losing things left and right like just off the top of my head you know we we lost the masters or at least had the masters postponed this morning i mean your your beloved premier league is kind of on the chopping block i think weren't they going to have a meeting about it today have they and yeah we, they're we suspended we're suspended till april 3rd so not okay. as long as I thought, honestly. So, I mean, maybe if you want to shift into this for maybe 10 to 15 minutes and mm-hmm. then we can we can come back, you know, or however long and then wrap it up because we started to go there with the NCAA unless there was anything you wanted. Basically, everything's postponed or canceled. When do we come back? When do we, yeah, or in what, for, when and in what form do we think we, we see these things start to resurface? And I, I kind of want to throw it to you because I have my own idea. And, you know, as kind of the, the rational pessimist, as it were, not to tip my hands a little bit. Although I will say this, like, I think the NBA season it won't be completely canceled. I, I, okay. don't, I don't foresee that happening, but... I'm interested because I do have a slightly more pessimistic view and I'm interested in seeing what your, what your thoughts are kind of in terms of when things come back and in what form is, do you think we, so like just, just for a reference point to start, I believe the Chinese basketball league is is about to start up. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know when it was canceled. I mean, obviously we can basically kind of backtrack and say that, their sort of quarantine started, I would say, in mid-January or so. So we basically, from there, extrapolate two, two to two and a half months. Although, I mean, and I'm once again tipping my hand a little bit, what China did was so much more drastic than what any of these other countries, outside of maybe South Korea, who did things in, in a different and arguably more effective way, um, are, are doing. So with all that in mind, I, I need to just shut up and let you talk. What what are what are your kind of thoughts on on what what the future of of sport short term in, in in the world looks like? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how whether or not people parse out like the individuals and they kind of go if you're sick or whatever we're quarantining you, but then after maybe a month or so of these suspensions of leagues they just start continuing on um i it's kind of interesting that you were saying how you were being you might have a more pessimistic view about this because i kind of am leaning that way as well um i guess like in terms of like some of the sports that haven't started like that major league baseball and mls just ended up starting up um in the states as well like I don't think they would be losing that much if like they ended up just kind of starting up in June or whatever, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, Definitely or, agree with you on the MLS and, and uh, MLB approach. 
they definitely have less to lose by kind of just waiting it out down the road a little bit compared right. to a league like the EPL or the NBA that needs to like finish. Go. Right, right. So it's so like even like the MLS, like I know the MLB is de- delayed for two weeks, but I don't really, I can't really see that happening just for that being that short. Obviously, there's the concern about losing revenue and all that type of stuff that goes into it. But just, like, from a public health point of view, like, and from, like, the public health perspective, it doesn't make sense for them to come back sooner than they have to. And Yeah, and like, it's important to point out, we don't know if at some point, at some, it's also going to come down in part to these local governments or if the federal government at some point steps in even if they want to come back, quote unquote, until these local municipalities and states lift these kind of, uh, these small gathering, these large gathering prohibitions. And I think some do have expiration dates in kind of that April range, but depending on where we are, you know, it might not be up to, to the league in some circumstances. I just wanted to point that out. You can keep going. Right. And I think it would be, like even specifically for the for major league space, baseball's perspective, like it would just be curious. I'd be curious to see like what a shortened season looks like, and maybe. Well, I was that, gonna like, say, God forbid the MLB lops forty fucking games off the schedule. Yeah. Who who yeah. cares? And like, can you imagine like what the Astros are feeling, especially like <laughs> I mean they were dealing with like a ton of heat coming into the season, and then like with this huge thing, you know they are probably like. They're let off the hook a little bit because of it. But anyways, like, for those sports, I think, like, it would make sense, like, to kind of take caution and do all that to um, do that despite all the revenue stuff. Um, But, like, leagues like the EPL, um, the NBA, the NHL, like, how long – because those are the three sports that have their championship – games or like the playoffs around the time of like the months of may june around that time and what ends up happening in european soccer obviously that like the the europa um league finals and all that stuff and and like europe has like a huge world uh soccer tournament this summer so i i still see that possibly going through and then we we also have the olympic games to talk about as well um, that's on the sports schedule this summer um, and whether or not that gets postponed. Um, so there's a lot of talk about all these things, especially with the three leagues that I mentioned. Like, I kind of see it coming back in May or so, and maybe then just starting the playoffs, specifically for the NBA and, NBA and the NHL. Yeah, um, I think May is probably is probably where I'd be looking as well. Um I mean, to kind of talk about the other situation – well, I'll start here and uh-huh. end maybe more positively. Kind of to talk about my my fear and, ter- like, kind of the worst-case scenario that I foresee. The pro- and when you compare things to China or whatever, the, the thing I'm kind of scared about in, ter- and in, in a sports way and in, in a real-life way as well is that if this thing isn't handled efficiently – and because of that, we kind of see a prolong, a pro, a prolonged peak, or however you want to say it. You know what I mean? If right. the effects are such that because we're not doing enough now, 
we need to take our medicine for longer, i.e. not have these public gatherings for longer, i.e. end up in some sort of Italy-style quarantine, what have you. Um, I'm there, That's kind of when my fear starts to kick in about things dragging out so long that that we're not out of this. We're not able to kind of get this stuff going until June. Like I said, NBA, worst comes to worst. Like, I think Mark Cuban said, and this is only one person speaking, but like that they'd be willing to go into August if they need to. I mean, worst mm. comes to worst, you just start the playoffs and even have like five game series. If you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see them not doing something. Right. Like when I contrast that, unfortunately, I know you're a Liverpool supporter. Yeah. The EPL worst case scenario because they don't really have that kind of playoff format. Like it's a little bit easier for them to just hopefully you know you're maybe they just de facto name you the champions. Who knows? Yeah, this um, is a this is the, I've been getting a lot of ribbing from a lot of Man U fans. Um, them being like, yeah, Liverpool looks like they won't win the league this year because of this whole thing going down. Um, so yeah, I I think. For the but uh, NFL, like that's uh, kind of that's kind of my my fear. But, uh, yeah. Although I don't see like the NBA season getting canceling out, I canceled out right. Um, but what I think we could see just to offer a mid ground between kind of those those two visions we've laid out, maybe you see something like we let we let it get to April, and although we're not ready for big public gatherings yet, in April at least we have enough of a wrangling on it, and maybe testing is available enough that we start to play in empty arenas and then we ramp back up hopefully right. in time for think, like playoffs. I yeah, think I that's that possible, I but I just think the logistics of that, I mean, the NBA is a very well-run smart organization. I, I'm sure they, they see that possibility and would have things under control. It's just that that problem of, and it's kind of of how well things are wrangled in society at that point too, because these are human beings that go home to their families. And, th- and if one player gets, infected again do you have to put the whole thing down again i mean is mm-hmm. this going to be like you know the porn industry where you have to get like tested every week to make sure you don't have an std <laughs> or something like that like yeah. it'll be i think that's a possibility too although i do wonder about the safe how, how you safeguard players even in that scenario mm-hmm. yeah i i think that would probably like there's that middle ground that i think will probably be sh- uh, I guess, like, met in terms yeah. of, like, they'll slowly ramp it up in terms of allowing fans back into the arenas and things like that, or, like, playing on um, in front of empty arena, in, in an empty arena without any crowds, and then maybe allowing, like, a certain amount of people, and then, like, fully ramping it up. So, like, I could totally see something like that happening. Um, yeah, it's it's just, like, a fascinating, like, an interesting like wrinkle as to what the NBA does um, specifically in their scheduling, because, you know, even just like the idea of like scheduling games into August would like be something that I wouldn't be able to, like, it's so hard to foresee. And then like, if the Olympics are happening, do like, players just not go to the Olympic games. So like, oh yeah. I think that, so, I think NBA players in the Olympics is, is done. I, right. I, th- I mean, I personally think the Olympics will either be canceled or 
I believe there's a, the IOC hat. They at least Japan believes they have the authority to kick it into November. I think that's a possibility as uh-huh. well. Um, I I think that that things are. I mean, it's hard to like. There's kind of this double-edged sword because at one point we're so in the beginning of this that it's almost hard to to see a way out. Like it's almost hard to see things ever returning to normal. But at the mm-hmm. same time, maybe because of that, because of that, the resolutions, although it'll certainly be bad and we don't know for how long it's going to be bad, maybe the resolutions aren't as bad as they seem. And like we're actually kind of the pendulum is swung in a direction where we're actually too pessimistic in our outlook. But, you know, time will only tell, I guess. Yeah, it's. It, but I, I mean, there'll think, be yeah. so much time to, when that, you know. To, to to kind of wrap things up a little bit like there's going to be tons of time like by the like i someone was i saw a tweet about this like it's possible that like july and august will end up now being like the most exciting fascinating and exciting yeah. months in, in the history of sports but mm-hmm. um what are you what are you planning on doing with this podcast for for i mean let's assume that there's going to be at least a month of of no sports i think that's a pretty conservative estimate we know the nba is going at least 30 days are you are you going to try and keep doing pods are you gonna are you gonna shift from sports to to other things are you gonna try and just i mean they'll hopefully i'm guessing there'll be a lot of ancillary topics to cover but what are you what are you thinking what are you thinking about kind of as we as we go forward into the world with with a lot more free time on our hands than usual especially people are looking for shit to listen to probably yeah so it's kind of interesting that you bring that up, Andrew. We have a lot of things actually planned. Good. Um, um, so like me and my brother were actually talking about kind of doing this series of doing of, of basically taking like a star, like a basketball star, maybe like LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, but that's kind of been overplayed. Someone like Kevin Durant maybe, and kind of seeing how they've gone from, have grown up and gone from, this place to the to where they are now and kind of outline what made them them um kind of like um um i forget that po- the po- name of that specific podcast um that tar- talks about startups of like what makes these startups great or whatever yeah but i know I, what you're talking about the, yeah. the name doesn't uh it's a mm-hmm. it's a looter yeah it's yeah, it's eluding me right now. But something like that and kind of take a specific person and what makes them great and like how they've gotten to where they've gone. So that we kind of wanted to do that possibly and have like a spotlight there. Um, I do actually have a website possibly coming out sometime in the near future. So that's something that I'm really excited to think about releasing and putting more content on there, more written content, actually Um, just talking, maybe some long form pieces about, uh, about some sports, about personal things, um, looking for people to contribute. Um, I know you're a big music guy, so maybe you could contribute in that way. Um, So yeah, just like some different things to like look, be on the lookout for. And I'm really excited to kind of produce different types of content. Um, and just maybe like outside the scope of sports itself. So I have like someone that I want to bring on specifically to talk about their music career, a good friend of mine um, who's kind of like gone all over the place um, with 
that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of different stuff that I've planned. So um, I'm really excited to kind of get that out there in the next month or so, especially with us having a lot more free time. Yeah, I mean, like you said, kind of the silver lining is, I guess, this is the opportunity to kind of experiment a little bit. So, so I'm glad you're you're starting to think about that. Uh, and you know, before before you wrap it up, uh, I I would just say, I mean, not to. But if if there is anyone listening to this who, I mean, we've spent this whole thing talking about COVID-19 and blah, blah, blah. And that's, I mean, that's the shadow of that's going to be lingering over us for a long time. You know, just, just remember to take things seriously. Like if you were, unfortunately, my birthday is next week. It's probably going to be spent at home. I would encourage you if you were planning out on, you know, going out to that crowded bar this weekend or, you know, what have you, maybe, maybe reconsider it. You know, I think the sooner we all kind of put our lives on pause and take our medicine, the, 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 the quicker we can get back to living something of a semblance of a normal life. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say beyond that, but hopefully me and you, I think me and you hopefully can, can maybe keep doing pods and, maybe the opportunity like you were talking about doing with your brother, but maybe the opportunity to go back and watch old games or do, we usually talk about things from a pretty macro slash front office mindset, maybe the opportunity to do more stuff related to scouting or, or history or, or the CBA, like we'll have to see what issues, issues pop up. Maybe we can kind of put our legal minds to use or, and you know who knows what else will pop up, but I I I hope hope I can stay involved, and I hope uh, people people will enjoy whatever we and you come up with. Yeah, and I think that's I think like especially with a lot of the break in time, um, with all this time that we have without sports, it allows us to be a little bit more creative in terms of the things that we put out there. So we're really excited about that new type of opportunity to be able to do that and just echoing the sentiments that you said, Andrew. Um, yeah. Just be smart out there in terms of what it is in what situations you're placing yourself in. Um, wash your hands. Just do, just do the normal things that yeah. have been put out by, um, you know, far smarter people than us in terms of how to take care of yourself um, health wise. So just be able to follow all those uh, rules and keep that in mind so that we can get back to some sort of uh, semblance of a normal type of life. So everyone just thanks again for listening and tuning in um, to the podcast. We're really um, obviously with a tinge of sadness um, and like, I guess, gravity of the situation. Um, obviously it's kind of sad to be talking about all this stuff, but we thought it was really important to um, bring it into light and talk about it so that um, we could just have open and honest conversation. So Andrew, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. It's always nice having you on and uh, everyone just be on the lookout for different types of content coming out in the coming weeks. I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough